You're now listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. A Place of Refuge vision is to cause people to be productive in every aspect of life according to God's Word. For more information, please stop by our website at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Now, here's today's message already in progress. The Hebrew word for God in the text is El, E-L. El is basically a universal word because it actually refers to any deity that is said to be mighty or have strength. And so those that were worshipers of Astaroth often called him Ale. The worshipers of Baal often call him Ale. As well as gods made of wood, silver, and gold, they were also deemed El uh, mighty. Even got to the point to where when humans were defined as deity, that they would also be referred to as El. Yet there is a distinction between the ale of polytheistic worshipers and ale of those of us who know the real and true God. When we call God ale, we are not just talking about a God of power. We are talking about an omnipotent God. A God that does not just have some power, but he has all power. Has all power in the heavens as well as the earth. Has power in the White House as well as the crack house. God has all power. I like how Solomon broke it down when he said, even the heart of the king is is in the palm of God's hand and he can turn his heart any which way he desires. I like when Jesus had to remind his captures that if I so desired or my father desired, we could immediately have legions here to destroy you. Also said to them, you have no power except the power that God has allowed you to possess. Say to somebody, our God is omnipotent. He is unlimited when it comes to power. 
the root word of omnipotent is to be able. And when you understand that in reference to Jehovah, you know that our God is able to do anything save fail. God does not like anyone questioning his ability. In the book of Genesis, the 18th chapter and the 14th verse, God just simply asked Sarah, is there anything too hard for me? And let her know what I said, Sarah, it will come to pass. Yeah, you pass age of childbearing, but you will have a baby. Yeah, you and Abe, you have tried and tried and tried, and you've been unsuccessful, but nine months from now, you will be bouncing a baby boy. You will have a child in your bosom. Say to somebody, there is nothing too hard for God. That's the reason we have former winos in here tonight. That's the reason we have former alcoholics in here tonight. And don't even try to act as if you didn't used to get high. Don't even try to act as if you didn't used to go to the club. Don't even try and act as if you were low as low could get. And the only reason you're doing as well as you're doing right now is because an omnipotent God helped you when you couldn't help yourself. An omnipotent God took one speck of blood, put it on your body, put it in your spirit, and you ain't been the same since. Come on, confess. If I'm telling the truth, tell somebody he's talking about me. God is omnipotent. That's the reason I'm clothed in my right mind tonight. That's the reason I'm in church tonight. Back in the day, I would be drunk right now. I would be high. I would be looking for something to sniff. I would be looking for something to smoke. I would be looking for some trouble to get in. But thanks be to God that saved me. Thanks be to God that changed my life for the better. God, our God is, he's omnipotent. He's omnipotent. Said you never, there is nobody like him. I can't put my doctor in a class with God. I can't put a banker in the class with God. I can't put a billionaire in the class with God. If God tells me he's going to do something and a professional tells me otherwise, I shouldn't even consider what the professional has said. Because if God says a thing, he'll do it. If he says it, he'll do it. Once he sends forth his word, it will not return unto him void. If he said you were going to have money, I don't care if you lose every job you apply and get. God is still going to bless you. I don't care if they shut down the plant. God is still going to do the unspeakable. He's still going to do the unheard of. The psalmist 
made a clear distinction between El, the omnipotent God, and El just being someone with power. By revealing some significant things, three in particular. The first thing he says about our omnipotent God is that his way is perfect. His way, his means, manners of doing things is without error, without flaw, without fault. It's exactly the way it should be. And if it's exactly the way it should be, scripturally speaking, is in contrast to man. For Isaiah 55 and 8 says that our God's ways are not as the ways of man. In verse 9, he even gave the distinction. As high as the heavens are from the earth, so are his thoughts. And so are his ways. His ways are going to be totally different. So when God tells you to do something peculiar or strange, there's no sense in you getting along. That's just how he does things. He says to a broke man, go down to the river and the first fish that you catch, open up his mouth. And you're going to find enough money in that fish mouth to take care of your taxes as well as mine. God can tell you something that, that, that sounds crazy, but it'll work. Say that to somebody. God will tell you to do something that sounds crazy. Give. Why? And it shall be given. But now this is the thing. People of God still have not learned that if, if they just do what God prescribes, great things will happen. Do you know you still have folk in the church that rob God of tithe and offering? Still don't understand that giving is the way for them to have abundance? Still don't believe that Malachi 3, 8 and following is right? Give God his tithes and his offering. He'll open up the windows of heaven, pour you out a blessing. That will not be room to receive. And then turn around and rebuke the devour for your sake. Bless you so much to when folk look at you, they have to tell you that you're blessed. When they look at you, have to tell you that God has been good to you. When they look at you, have to tell you that the Lord sure been doing some great things for you. But you have folk in the church. God, I hope a church as anointed as this, we ain't got no robbers in here.
Say to your neighbor, his way is perfect. If he tell you how to get money, how to get a house, how to do this, that, and the other, follow it because it's perfect. It's flawless. It's going to work. It's not 99.9% correct. It's correct, period. It's going to happen. Come with me to the book of uh, Deuteronomy. Let's look at what the psalm is saying. Let's look at some scripture to back it. Remember, he said, as for God, his way is perfect. Deuteronomy 32. Lord have mercy. Y'all all right? Okay, okay. Y'all know I am. I ask you. Consider verse 4. Deuteronomy 32 and 4. He is the rock. His work is perfect. For all his ways are justice. A God of truth and without injustice. Righteous and upright is he. Say to your neighbor, his way is just perfect. In every aspect. How many understand that? How many see this reference? Can we take it further? Let's go back to the book of Psalm. Let's go back to the book of Psalm. And consider the 19th chapter of Psalm. His way is perfect. Look at this. Psalms 19 and 7. The law of the way, because law and way are synonymous, the law of the Lord is perfect, converting, help me, the soul soul is a reference to the person, changing the person. It was God's law or his ways that caused change in me. Am I the only one? It converted me. I used to be messed up. Let me tell the truth. I used to be jacked up. I wasn't just messed up. I was jacked up. What's the saying from the flow up? That was me. Say to your neighbor, but not anymore. anymore. He changed Walker. How many know he changed you? But it was because of you following his way. His way was for you to repent. To have a change of heart. A change when it came to your choices. A change when it came to your friends. A change when it came to your thinking. A change when it came to your actions. And when you did it, You were converted. 
So his way or his law is perfect. It converts the soul, but it does not stop there. Go with me to the book of James. It does not stop there. James chapter 1. Verse 25, James 1 and 25, but he who looks into the perfect law, a way of liberty and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. That same way that converted me caused me to be blessed. That same way that got me out of sin into righteousness caused money to. Caused me to get a house. Caused me to get four or five houses. Caused me to get nine or ten houses. Caused me to get a car. Caused me to get two or three cars. Cause me to be a blessing to somebody else. Cause me to be a blessing to a whole lot of folk. Say to your neighbor, say to your neighbor, his way or law is perfect. It will convert you as well as cause blessings to come your way. Why would you backslide? Why would you leave such a way? I don't understand folks that say I'm thinking about backslide. Why? Why? Where you going? Where can you get blessings such as God releases anywhere else? Look, 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 look what he says here in James 1 and 25. If I continue to put into action what I hear, Blessings going to continue to follow. As long as I continue to walk in the law of God or what God is putting into my ear or into my spirit, I'm going to continue to prosper or be blessed. What in the world can you hear that's going to cause you to be blessed in such a way? What is James talking about? He's talking about the message of faith that comes from a preacher of faith. Romans 1 and 17, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Romans 10, 14 and 15 and Paul says, but how? Shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall he preach? Except he be sent or anointed and appointed. As long as I hear the ways of God, the laws, the precepts, the rules of God from an anointed man or woman of God. I'm going to prosper. Jack leg, another story. Somebody that's not anointed, another story. And say to your neighbor, you can tell when it's the anointing. 
Because it'll destroy yokes of bondage. It'll empower you. It'll cause you to move from one place to another place. It's something about an anointed word. It'll either draw you in or it'll push you out. That's the reason when folks leave the church, I don't get upset. If you're going to leave something like this, there's something wrong with you anyhow. Because if it's really fire, if it's really anointed, you can't leave no anointed word. You can't leave something that's blessing your soul. You can't leave something that has changed you for the better. If you do so, you're loony. Did I offend some of y'all when I said it? And see, if the Lord bless you, According to Proverbs 10 and 22, you're going to be rich. You're going to be productive in every aspect of your life. And it's going to come in degrees. You can tell that based upon what James said in the latter part of James 1 and 25. If you continue, you're going to receive the blessings. You have to continue, and the longer you continue, the more God going to start pouring it out. He's going to do what Jesus said in Luke 6 and 38. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. There is increase in God as long as you put the spoken word into action. Yeah, you're going to go through your ups. You're going to go through your downs. You're going to go through your trials. You're going to go through your tribulations. But when all is said and done and you look at your life, you're going to recognize that through it all, God was blessing you. Through it all, God was prospering you. Through it all, God was ministering to your spirit, your soul, and your body. Am I talking right? Back in Psalm 18 and 30. His way is perfect. Then he goes on to say the word of the Lord is proven. Is proven. Say to your neighbor, the word works. Everybody can't say it. Some of y'all are too timid when you say it. I need somebody who really know it to just say to somebody, the word works. Oh, I still ain't got no bold soldiers that I'm looking for that are perfect examples of the word working. Well, I know you're in here. You, you, you might as well identify yourself even though you may be sitting beside somebody that might not like it. Tell them the word works. Matter of fact, do it with an attitude and say, look at me, the word works. I prayed, but didn't nothing happen. There's something wrong with you because the word works. Jesus meant what he said when he said, ask and it shall be given. Seek, you'll find. Knock and it shall be opened. For everyone that asks, receive. Everyone that knock is going to find. I'm telling you. The word works. Say to your neighbor, if you knock, it's going to be open. If you seek, you're going to find. Because the word, now it may not happen on your timetable, but it's going to work. Jesus promised it in Matthew 24 and 35. Heaven and earth shall, but not my word. Everything I told you is going to happen. 
the word. It worked. That word is going to work. I don't care what you say. That word is going to work. You may get hands laid on you and you may not feel anything. You may want you may want goose pimples to rise up. That might not happen. But if somebody pray according to the word under the anointing, whether one pimple show up, it's still gonna work. Because God's word is right all by itself. His word is proven. His word is proven. It's going to work. And this is the amazing thing. The primary way God's word works is when it's spoken. When it's spoken. He proved that from the very onset in Genesis chapter 1. Let there be light. Light came. Everything he spoke, it came into existence. And that was him doing it directly. But then he turned around and he decided to put the same word into prophets, pastors, according to his heart. And it still works. As long as the ones that he chose seek his face, listen to what he has to say, and puts it in action. Say to your name, it still works. It's proven. His word, his precepts, his righteousness, it still works. If God gives you an instruction, if he gives you a precept, it's going to work for you. It may sound simple, but it's still going to work. But I must put emphasis on it's not going to be according to your timetable. God has ordained for his word to go to work in seasons. And his seasons can come at a time that you may feel as if what he's saying is not going to work for you. Pastor says it's time for you to go out and get a house. Pastor must not know. I just lost my job. So, Pastor said the Lord gonna bless everybody to go on the marriage retreat. Pastor must not know that we ain't able to go on that marriage retreat. Say to your neighbor, the word works. It doesn't matter your situation. It doesn't matter your circumstances. The word works. All you have to do is remember that the word has to be put into action in order to work. 
You can't just be a hearer. You have to be a doer of the word in order for it to work. And in a work, whether you're working or laid off, I'm not giving you an excuse to be lazy or not to look for a job. But if it just happens you can't find employment, the word is still going to work. God's word does not work just because you have a job. God is your source despite employer say to neighbor his word is proven it's proven it works it's sure you don't have to worry it's guaranteed it's, it's going to do what he ordained for it to do how many understand can we go further let's go to the book of Psalms Let's go, let's go to Psalm. We're already in Psalm, and, but we, we're going to just deal with Psalm 111 is where I want to go. Well, y'all all right? Yeah. Now notice Psalms 111 and 7. That's where we'll start. The works of his hands are verity, assurity, and justice. All his precepts are sure approved. All of his precepts. Everything that God Speaks, works. Lay hands on the sick, they're recovered. It works. Asking it shall be given. It works. Seeking you will find. It works. Again, not based upon your what? But it works. Look at it again. Read it. Ready? Read. That's sure. That's sure. But there aren't, in reference to human understanding or a human's way of doing things, there's very odd. It was this person at a place of refuge, Carrollton, that had went to this accountant, a uh, um, person that was going to help her financially. And um, after it had happened, came back to me and said, Pastor, I went to this person to help me with my finances. I thought, is that right? I said, so tell me about it. Well, he said, the one thing that I need to do is stop tithing. I said, well, what did you tell him? I would have to talk to you. 
I said, what do you need to talk to me about? What do you think about what he said? You really want to know? Yeah, Pastor. John 8 and 44. He is of the devil. And what he is telling you is a lie that's straight from the devil. Now understand, there was a young church person. And uh, I said, understand this. I say a natural man will never understand the things of God. I say things that we do in God, you have to be spiritual or in God to completely understand. I say, but tithing is a lifeline when it comes to your finances. I say the only way you're going to come out of the predicament that you're presently in is to tithe. I said, I'm telling you based upon personal experience. I said, what you need to do is tear up that paper he gave you. Do these particular things. And I told her particular things she needed to do. Uh, that the Holy Spirit was telling me. I told her and I said, the number one thing you need to make sure you do. Time you get your check is give God his, his money. Hold on, hold on. Say to your neighbor, six months. Six months later. She came in and her smile, figuratively speaking, was as wide as this church. Why was she smiling, Pastor? She, she was smiling as she came through the door. It works, Pastor! It works, Pastor. Not only is what you said happening, but this right here is also happening. I didn't expect this. Why you didn't tell me about this? I said, "Hon, I couldn't tell you. I said, because it's certain things that God will do that even my eyes have not seen and my ears have not heard. But say to your name of the precepts of God are sure. But the devil demons, circumstances, situations, and such will fight you on every hand. The minute you start trying to put God, godly instructions into practice, you can expect demons, you can expect situations and such to arise trying to hinder, stop, or alter what you're doing but you have to be so determined in your mind that you're going to do the right thing despite the attack on your mind despite the attack on your finances despite the attack on whatever aspect of your life you might be being attacked say to your neighbor the precepts of God the word of God is proven is sure Tithing works. Tithing works. 
If it didn't work, the enemy wouldn't challenge you when it came to giving tithes. Offering work. Sowing into a sacred man of God. Sowing into a church of God. It works. It causes benefits to come your way. But you will be tested. I'm going to tell you something else that happened. When, when, after she left, I cursed that place. I told you six months what happened to that girl. Guess what happened to that business? It shut down in six months. I cursed it. How in the world is something, something going to be open like that if it's not demonic? Telling children of God not to tithe. The devil is a liar. How many know you have to give God his money if you're going to stay in the place that you're in? I give over $100,000 a year, not because I just have to, because, because when it comes to just tithing and giving, I go beyond what I have to. It's not just a human thing that, that I'm doing, just doing it from a, from a manly standpoint, but I'm doing it because I recognize the blessings of God. I'm going to give God what's his and more because I recognize the blessing of God. And if you ever get in that vein where you understand what God will do for you, you will do likewise. And some of us, we in that vein. We'll sacrifice, we'll sow, we'll do this, that, and the other because we know you can't be God-giving. Matter of fact, I find three folks and tell them you can't be God-giving. And you know why I'm resting right here? Because the one precept some folks have a problem with is giving. But I'm telling you, giving to God is proven. Because see, this is, this is the thing. You can put, put $5,000 in the bank and a year can go back and when you get your statement, you look on your statement, you done, got, you done made $15 on $5,000. You mean to tell me I done let $5,000 set in your bank. And the only thing you're going to get, you didn't even have to put this on no paper. I could have went next door and asked my neighbor to let me cut his front yard for $15. Could have washed a little bitty car for $15. Giving to God is recession proof. When you start giving to God, blessings start coming from every direction. Folk you don't even have a relationship with find a way to get something into your hand. 
You show up on the car lot to get a car and all of a sudden you get $10,000 just right off simply because you've been giving God his money. You go to Ross and you go to the clearer's rat and you run into a $2 shirt. It ain't by coincidence. It's because you are a giver. Somebody just walk up to you. God bless you, brother, and keep on going. You look in your hand, that go a twenty, a hundred, or maybe a thousand dollars. Why? Because you're a giver. Stuff don't happen like that if you're under curse. Lord, I got to go further. Let's, let's go with me to Proverbs. Lord, I spent a lot of time on that. Proverbs 11. And 18. The wicked man does deceptive work. Let's talk about folks who don't follow godly precepts. A wicked man does deceptive work. Look at the latter part though. That's in contrast. But he who sows righteousness. A person that does the precepts of God. Will have, help me. You're going to have a sure reward. You're going to have a sure reward. It's your reward. You guaranteed to be blessed. You guaranteed to have some money coming from somewhere. And you have to know that. See, this is scripture right here. I know it's right. I know I'm going to get something out of the ordinary because I tithe and give offerings. It, it just, it ain't no way around it. I'm, I'm, I'm to the point to where I'm looking for something every day. When I walk in the store, I automatically know there's something in here for me. I don't know if it's going to be on the clearance rack. Yeah, I look at the clearance rack because it might be on the clearance rack. That's the first place I go. Is that Bishop back there? He back there on the clearance. Hey, how you doing? What you doing back there? I'm back here looking for my blessing. I might have a blessing at the dollar store, at Big Lots, at Dillard, or Saks Fifth Avenue. I will go wherever the blessing is. Some of y'all, y'all might be peculiar. God bless you in your peculiar self, but I'm open to God. If God tells me to stop right here, I'll stop. I was on my way to uh, Douglasville and the Lord, and, and it passed by this yard and said, Lord said, stop. 
Say to your neighbor, he left with a $22 weed eater. Tag still hanging on it. But get this, a steal. And see, some brothers didn't say anything. It's obvious you don't cut no grass. But if you cut grass, you know what I'm talking about. Lady say, my husband don't need it, don't need it, and, and it's just been sitting. You're the first one here. As I know, he told me to stop. He told me to do something out the ordinary. But see, when God gives you a precept, when he gives you an instruction, you do it. Even though you don't understand, I didn't understand why he wanted me to stop. I'm not omnipresent, I can't see everything. But the closer I got to that yard sale, and when I put my eye, oh, this why you wanted me to stop. Say to your neighbor, if you sow in righteousness, things going to come your way. Things going to come your way. Things you ain't even looking for. Things you ain't even asked for. God told Solomon, I know what you asked for. You asked for some wisdom, but I'm going to give you more than wisdom. Gave Solomon riches beyond his wildest dreams because Solomon was about carrying out the precepts of God. And that's the reason Solomon had to pin it. If you sow into righteousness, you will receive a sure reward. You're guaranteed to get something. You, your, your mind of being be to the point to where you won't be hoping it's going to happen. You'll know it's going to happen. How many that's where you are right now? You've been sowing into God so long and he's been blessing you so much till you just automatically look for things to happen for you. Look at, look at, the, look at the hands around you. Okay, I got to close. Psalm 18 and 30. As for God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is proven. He is a shield. The King James Version says a buckler, which is a small shield. He is a shield or a buckler. And notice how God reveals in the verse that he's not a respective person. He is a shield to all. Those who trust him. He's a shield. See, the buckler would not stop every attack of the enemy. 
But the primary blows, the buckler would stop. What it says to the child of God is that, yes, you're going to go through some trials. You are going to be attacked. You are going to feel pressure. You are going to go through afflictions physically. You are going to phase depression. You are going to phase this, that, and the other, but it's not going to consume you. It's not sent to you for your destruction. It's sent to you in order to teach you. It's sent to you in order for you to trust God even more so than you do. There are some afflictions you go through that draw you closer to God. There are some troubles that come your way that cause you to mature. Let me bring in some Bible to back me up. Even Jesus the human, the Hebrew writer said, though he were a son, yet he learned obedience through the things that he suffered. Say to your neighbor, all suffering is not bad. Lord, that didn't register. Say it to one more person. All suffering is not bad. There is a suffering that leads to blessings. That's the reason Paul told Timothy, if you suffer with the Lord, you will also reign with him. Say to your neighbor, I don't know what you're going through tonight. But give God the glory anyhow. Give him the praise anyhow because all suffering is not bad. There are some things that God will allow you to go through before he promotes you, before he opens up gates, before he opens up doors, before he causes blessings to come your way. Come here, Job. Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. And what was around the corner thereafter? Blessings that were good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. All right, sit down, sit down. Here's a shield. I'm going to protect you, Walker, but you're going to have to go through some things. A child of God is going to be afflicted. Psalm 34, 19. Many are the affliction of the righteous. But the Lord shall deliver them out of all. He's going to be a buckler. Going to make sure that certain things don't hit you. But certain things are part of your assignment. And some of us open up the door when we say it to the Lord anyway. You want to use me. Here am I. Teach me patience, Lord. And see, a child of God has to understand that trouble is part of the process. It's really the Apostle James said, count it all joy when you fall into divers, temptations, troubles, knowing this, that the trying of your faith 
work his patience. And allow patience to have his perfect work that you may be perfect, entire, and wanting nothing. See, the benefits, suffering but benefits. Then the apostle Peter said, think it not strange concerning the fiery trials which are to try you. That was the assignment, to try you. As though some strange thing has happened to you. But rejoice. And then he, then he let the churches of Asia Mountain know. Because the same sufferings are taking place with your brethren. Sufferings are universal when it comes to the church. All of us are going to go through something. The question is, who going to handle it with joy? Who going to give God the praise anyhow? Who going to give God the glory anyhow? And when you recognize it in scripture that God always prospered folks that went through blessings. He always shielded them. He was always that buckler. You can't help but shout. Think about Daniel been, being put in the lion's den. But, but God was his shield in the lion's den. And when all was said and done, Daniel stepped out of that lion's den into a promotion. Think about the Hebrew boys that were willing to be cast into the fiery furnace. And when all was said and done, they stepped out of the fiery furnace into a promotion. And think about David who went through all kinds of trouble but said when he, when he was got ready to come out, weeping may endure for a night, but some joy comes in the morning. How find three folks and tell them you have to go through some things before God blesses you. But he'll shield you. He'll protect you. He'll make sure you come out of your predicament. And that's what's happening to some right now. You're in something. But God allowed you to get in it. The one that's omnipotent allowed you to get in that place. But the same God that allowed the trial to come is the same God that's going to take you through what you're going through. Why? Because he's the author and the finisher of your faith. All you have to do is hold on to the faith. And when all is set and done, God is going to bring you out of your trial. He's going to bring you out of that fire and when you finally come forth you're going to be as pure gold do you understand I'm done thank you for listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker please stop by our website for more information on our church at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org until next time remember Jesus came that you might have life and have it more abundantly.